You are listening to John DeYard's Life Spa, your premier source for health news in Ayurveda, where modern science meets ancient wisdom. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our podcast tonight. My name is Dr. John DeYard. Uh, we're here at Life Spa, where we prove ancient wisdom with modern science. Um, tonight's podcast is really interesting. It's called Ayurveda and Autoimmune. And uh, before we begin, a couple of things I want to mention. Uh, if you registered for this <coughs> excuse me, live event, you will receive an email tomorrow with a link to watch, listen, or download the event or the podcast. So kind of stay tuned for that. Uh, you can sign up uh, at my podcast or to all my podcasts at lifespot.com under the Learn tab. Go to the Learn tab and clicking on Podcast under the Events column. And there you can get all of our podcasts. You can check up our, my upcoming podcast with um, Dan Butner, who's the author of The Blue Zones. And we have an amazing podcast with him with his new book about Blue Zones for Happiness. It should be amazing, so don't miss that. That's coming up in October, so don't miss that podcast for sure. Also, heads up, um, many of you know that we have been uh, in the midst of taking our four-part uh, video trainings uh, program called The Critical Strategy to Detoxify Your Body. And that's a free training, four-part, tons of free information that you can all get. And, the, and that's been going on for uh, some time now, and it closes this Thursday. So if you or your friends um, want you know somebody who wants to take that detox training, you can still take it for free. We don't offer it very often, um, so it'll be a while before the next time. So grab that free detox training uh, and that, again, closes this Thursday. Don't miss it. You can sign up through the links on our homepage or um, of our website at lifespa.com. Also, uh, next Tuesday, the early bird special discounts uh, um, for the Colorado Cleanse Group Cleanse, which we do twice a year as a group, the Colorado Cleanse Group Cleanse, that opens next Tuesday. So just have a heads up on that. Um, that's when we really give people uh, the best discount you can possibly get for the Colorado Cleanse. So if you're interested in doing the Colorado Cleanse again, um, then that uh, will open up on Tuesday. <clears throat> so welcome. My name is Dr. John Duyard. Welcome to LifeSpot.com, where we prove ancient wisdom with modern science. And today's uh, podcast, an Ayurvedic approach to autoimmune conditions. I am fascinated by this topic because I think it's something that um, it may be the epidemic of our time. It's the enigma of our time. People get autoimmune conditions. We have no idea why they come, how to get rid of them. The only kind of medical intervention is to suppress your immune system. And in Ayurveda, that's like always a no-no. Why would you ever want to suppress your immune system? So... We want to dig into this. And in this morning's blog, I don't know if you guys got a chance to read that, but I talked about the Ayurvedic strategy, approach, philosophy to autoimmunity. And it's based on something called smirti. Smirti means memory. It's the memory of the cell. The memory of the cell to function as part of the whole, as opposed to function as an independent, rogue, isolated part. We know that the sum of the parts are greater than the whole only when the sum of the parts are actually functioning in sync with the whole. 
And when the parts start to function out of sync with the whole, we have problems. In fact, many problems, including autoimmune conditions. And this really, you take a, take a, a step back from that and you say, well, how does the, how do the parts start to function out of sync with the whole? And you're really basically just gave the definition of circadian medicine, the ability to be in sync with the natural rhythms of medicine, understanding the light dark cycles take place every day. And we should get lots of light during the day and lots of darkness at night. We should get um, uh, more rest and darkness in the winter and less in the summer. So these are the circadian rhythms. These are the seasonal cycles. And when you think about the sum of the parts starting to function independently, that can happen as a result of a lifestyle going against the grain of Mother Nature. You could ask yourselves, how many of you feel tired at the end of your day? How many of you feel like you crave sugar, candy, sweets, Coke, coffee throughout the day to get through the day? How many of you feel um, like you're hit by a bus or a truck to get through the day? The, and living for the weekend so you can rest and recover only to start it all again on Monday morning. These are signs that we are struggling through our life. And when you struggle, the body responds to that struggle as an emergency. And in that emergency situation, sort of all bets are off and the body starts to do emergency type of chemistry programs, ones that save lives, um, but don't necessarily, um, you know, it's like when you have a fire in your house and the firemen come and they bang doors out and knock windows out and your house has been, you didn't burn down, but it's emergency chemistry. Anything goes. We, we, we are here to save lives, not worry about you know, broken windows. So that's sort of what happens in the body. The chemistry of an emergency is a degenerative chemistry. Okay, so anyway, let's go back to smirti, okay? Think about your body, for example, a life against the grain, sleeping in, waking, you're not going to bed till one or two o'clock in the morning, waking up tired and exhausted at alarm clock, needing a cup of coffee to get started to go through the day, feeling uh, a lull at 10 o'clock, a, a lull at 3 o'clock, needing more injectables, coffee, sweets, candy, Cokes to get through the day, eating on the run in front of your computer for work, finishing in the afternoon feeling exhausted, wired for sound and so stressed out you need a glass of wine to settle down when you come home from night, from home after work at night. If these are only little things that could cause us to feel uh, like life is an emergency. Cause enough stress where the cells become engaged in emergency save your life programming versus functioning as part of the whole. Think of a, of a digestive system that's under stress. And I, I've talked and written so many articles and videos about digestion and how we process our stress through the digestive system. The digestive system gets irritated. The intestinal skin gets inflamed. That causes the inability to digest, assimilate, and detoxify. Now we have the inability to get the blood in, nutrition in, and the inability to detoxify causes an inability to get the waste out. Here is the Ayurvedic explanation of autoimmunity. When you cannot get the blood into a cell and the waste can't get out of the cell, digestive 
efficiency has broken down. You have food intolerances, can't digest wheat or dairy or corn or nuts or seeds or grains of any kind. You have an inability to get the nutritional needs that your body needs into the body. The same pathways that deliver the nutrients into your body are linked to the lymphatic drainage of waste out of your body. Think of your lymphatic system that lines your entire intestinal tract. If that lymphatic system is congested, it can't deliver triglyceride fast as energy to every cell of your body. That lymphatic system can't carry your immune system in an efficient way because it's stuck in traffic. That lymphatic system can't detoxify you, take toxins out of the body as efficiently as it can. So the body's ability to deliver nutrition into the cell and get rid of the waste becomes compromised. When that happens, the cell goes, hey guys, I don't know about you, but I, I was supposed to get a shipment of food every morning at nine, and I haven't gotten one in weeks. I haven't gotten the waste out because the roads are blocked, the trash can't get out, the trash man hasn't come in weeks, and we have all this trash here, no nutrition coming in, tons of trash sitting around, causing all kinds of problems, and we have an issue. So the cells go, Okay, don't panic here, we, have, we, we can figure this out. So you're talking about a little cell who wants to divide and become two new cells. And it says, well, we have two choices. We can, without getting the nutrition in and the waste out, we're gonna die. So we can either die or we can try something new. And that new thing that it tries is to try to create an aberrant way of dividing. Instead of getting all the nutrition it needs to divide completely in mitosis to create two brand new spanking cells that are identical, the body goes, well, what if we divide it like this? Sort of a differentiated cell, it's not quite divided, divided in the same exact way, but we stay alive. And the cells in the group take a vote on it, and they go, okay, we're gonna do it, it's gonna be crazy. Um, there's the immune system out there that could take us out. So what happens is, these cells, when they begin to divide in this aberrant way, some of the cells will put out a chemical that says, leave us alone, we're impoverished, we don't have any money, we haven't gotten fed in a while, we're homeless, please don't kill us. And it tells the immune system to leave it alone. And that's what happens in a cancer situation, the cell actually puts, the, this group of cells actually put out a chemistry that says, don't bother us, leave us alone. But in an autoimmune condition, in particular when the lymphatic system is congested and the, and, and the, 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 the immune system is stuck in traffic because the limbs are congested, the autoimmune system is, it creates an overzealous reaction to that. Normally, the immune system would take out these rogue cells on a regular basis, every day. It's happening to you and me as we speak. It's normal. But when the lymphatic system is congested, the delivery of the nutrition in is compromised, and the waste out through the lymph is compromised, now the cells begin, these groups of cells begin to starve. And if the lymph system is also congested, that the immune system is stuck in traffic, it can't get to that place to put it out in a natural, normal way. And this problem begins to grow. It begins to get teeth, and it starts to become a real problem. And everybody locally has got the bucket brigade, and they're trying to put out these immune cells, but nothing's really happening. You get inflammatory reactions, a little hive here, reaction here, eczema here, joint pain here, inflammation here, but nothing. And you have symptoms. Everybody's had an autoimmune condition. It wasn't like one day you woke up with an autoimmune condition. 
you had tiredness, you were lethargic, you felt sick, you felt you had a, many times diabetes, for example, starts with a virus, you were sick, very commonly triggered by that. So there's some precursor alarm bells, a poor diet, eating nothing but sugar as a kid, then getting a cold on top of that where the pancreas was so blown up with processed foods and, and sugary foods that they couldn't handle it. Something happened. As, as adults with, with more of the autoimmune conditions, most people feel uh, some sign that things aren't quite right. Rashes, skin, things like that. That's the sign that the immune system is stuck in traffic, can't get to where it needs to go. And when it finally realizes this is a major problem, it creates an overzealous reaction. And that overzealous reaction, immune reaction, is when the body begins to attack itself. And that's what an immune condition is, when the body begins to attack itself. It attacks not only the bad tissue, but healthy tissue in, in addition. The Western medical approach is, hey, the immune system has gone crazy. We need to shut it down with immune suppressors, and that will stop this, immune, this autoimmune condition. Ayurvedic medicine would say, well, maybe that might work, but we may also may want to restore the memory of the cells to function as part of the whole. Help the cells have what's called cellular communication, which is the blood coming in and the waste coming out allows the cell to communicate with the whole. When you isolate the cell, no blood in, no waste out, the cells begin to become rogue. They don't have the ability to get their nutrition in. They don't have the waste out. They've lost cellular communication. Therefore, they lost their memory of how to function as part of the whole, and they become isolated. And they start functioning in a fight-or-flight, isolated manner, and that, if it's allowed to build up, and it doesn't go into a cancer program where it says, hands off, please, immune system, it allows us to develop into something that's really messy, then the immune system has to take it out in an overzealous way. And that's what we have today as part of autoimmunity. It's a, it's a really important situation. Now, we talk about the lymphatic system here because it's important. In Ayurvedic medicine, the lymphatic system is called rasa. The study of the rasa is actually called rasayana, which is the study of longevity. Now, the master computer of your body, we all know, is your brain, right? And four years ago, the University of Virginia they found lymphatic vessels called glymphatics in the brain that drain three pounds of toxic chemicals and plaque out of your brain every year while you sleep at night. Three pounds, a lot of yuck out of your brain while you're sleeping at night. If you don't sleep, you don't drain. If you don't sleep well, you don't drain well. It's very important that we sleep well and get adequate sleep at the right time when it's dark out. And when it's supposed to get dark, when it gets dark, we should go to sleep. But that doesn't always happen with us. Sometimes we're up Sun sets at six o'clock and we're not in bed till midnight. That's six hours of delayed sleep. Delayed what we call melatonin production. Delayed nighttime detoxification, which is what melatonin does in your body. It is the most, 100% most powerful detoxifier in your body. And that, if you're not going to bed well, will delay that. So if you're delaying your sleep, over time you begin to create uh, sleep disturbances. If you're not producing melatonin at night, oftentimes your stress hormones changing the world on your computer, cortisol levels begin to rise. And instead of settling down in the early evening, cortisol levels stay surging into the night, delaying melatonin even more, 
allow, not allowing your brain and your central nervous system to detoxify the way it should. Inside of your brain is a substance called cerebral spinal fluid. Cerebral spinal fluid is the fluid inside of your skull and inside of your spinal cord that pumps up and down your spine and into your brain every time you breathe and you move and you walk. Yoga is a powerful way to increase cerebral spinal fluid flow. The sun salutation, Surya Namaskar exercise, I've got a video on how to do that, with breathing, amazing way to increase cerebral spinal fluid. Now you should all know that cerebral spinal fluid is nothing more than lymphatic fluid that happens to be in your brain and in your central nervous system. They're identical, there's no difference. We just call it, when it's outside of the central nervous system, we call it lymph, and when it's inside, it's called cerebral spinal fluid. The cerebral spinal fluid, think of it as a washer fluid for your brain. As you breathe and move, and particularly sleep, that washer fluid washes all the ventricles of your brain and drains all the yuck and toxins and chemicals and plaque and magnetites and metals and mercury and toxins that do, in fact, scientifically found build up in your brain tissue. And they're drained through lymphatics in the top of your head called glymphatics that are sort of across the top of the head like a, like a mohawk haircut. In Ayurveda, it's called tarpaka. And it was suggested that those lymphatics were right across the top of the head in what's called the sagittal sinus. So when they discovered these brain lymphs four years ago in the University of Virginia, they found them exactly where Ayurveda said they were, right across the top of the head. And Ayurvedic medicine said that those are really important because they drain toxins, but they also drain old emotional traumas. They are for getting rid of waste, but a lot of times emotional traumas will block this area here in a way to sort of allow us to forge on and, and continue to make it through the trauma. If we lose someone that we love, it's painful. We grieve and, and somehow or another, we're able to forge on and get through it and get back on our life. The pain is still there, but it's deeply buried. And Ayurveda said that, that those lymphatics in the brain are, are um, linked to old emotional traumas. And we block it here so we don't have to feel it as deeply, so we can continue to forge on. But at the same time, it blocks a level of deep awareness. And fundamentally, when you look at what Ayurveda is about, it's all about creating heightened states of awareness, heightened states of your truth, and then acting on that truth. There's an old Ayurvedic saying that says, yoga sta kuru kamani, which means establish being, become more aware, and then act on that awareness. One of the ways to accomplish that is to meditate. Um, and you close your eyes and you meditate, you become more aware. The key that I didn't see anybody talking about is to act on the awareness that you get with your meditation. That's why I wrote our Transformational Awareness Meditation course, which is six meditations to emotional freedom. Give you six meditations, each one every week, with action steps to transform old patterns of behavior. Point being is that Ayurveda said that these lymphatics in the brain which block the master computer to be aware of what the problems are and how to fix them, 
also blocks old emotional patterns and keeps you in a fight-or-flight emotional reaction. Now, I hope I'm not boring you with all this, because, and I have so much to tell you. Um, but in the early 1900s, there was a Dr. Cotton who had a psychiatric hospital on the East Coast. It was world famous. Everybody sent their sort of uh, psychological patients to this guy in this facility, and he would chop off their fingers and pull out their ovaries, chop off their toes, pull teeth. Anything that was infected, he'd chop it off, pull it out. And people got better. It was a world-famous psychiatric hospital. He passed away, and, and 100 years later, they have now, after that research at the University of Virginia, when they found these brain limps that they didn't think existed before at all until then, they have linked the congestion of the brain limps to anxiety, depression, cognitive decline, infection, which is what Dr. Cotton was chopping out infections, inflammation, the epidemic of our time, and you got it, autoimmunity, the enigma of our time. So when these brain limps get congested, we're looking down the barrel of the underlying cause of autoimmunity, congested lymph in the central nervous system that's not allowing the brain to get its nutrition in and its waste out so it doesn't have the communication with the whole. It has, in a sense, lost its memory, and brain fog and memory loss are part of the package. So understanding that the limps in your central nervous system and your brain are linked to anxiety, depression, cognitive decline, brain fog, inflammation, infection, and autoimmunity is an important piece of the puzzle. So we have to understand that, that this autoimmune thing isn't just like, oh, the immune system went crazy for no reason. And let's kill the immune system. Like, wait a minute. Maybe that has to happen to save lives. And that's what Western medicine does so well with. But maybe at the same time, we can understand why this happened. And to say that this cellular memory is sort of some Ayurvedic concept it's very, there's a, there's a term in Western medicine called apoptosis, which is the, the programmed cellular death, where cells that go rogue are programmed to die. And when, when you don't have apoptosis, you don't have these cells programmed to die, that's when you have a cancer situation. But in normal situations, when the cells have their memory, what's called smirti, and they're functioning as part of the whole, they engage in normal behavior, which is, concludes apoptosis, which is the programmed cellular memory to die. But we don't always have that, unfortunately, uh, because we have all these reasons and all this overwhelm of stress, including poor communication, no good nutrition in, no waste out, therefore lack of communication, and no communication means no memory, no memory means I'm isolated. And there you have it. That's the, the Ayurvedic understanding of autoimmunity. And from there, you can start thinking, well, how do we fix that? How do we understand how to get the body to not let that happen? What are some of the strategies we can use to, to make that, uh, to make that uh, go away? Uh, well, well, if we go to the source, which would be to make sense, right, of your lymphatic system, we would go to the source and go, oh, the source of the lymph is in your gut. It's the little lacteals, little collecting ducts inside your intestinal tract that line the intestinal tract from top to bottom, and they drain toxic waste off the intestinal tract into the lymph 
around your intestinal tract. The, all the, when you think of your 30 feet of intestines, all the what's called mesentery, all the connective tissue between all the intestines that hold it all in place has recently been determined and described or declared as the 79th organ of the body, meaning that that mesentery, which is predominantly lymph, has been declared its own organ, linked to, in other studies that I've written about, the aging process has been linked to three things. One, the breakdown of the lymphatic system on the outside of your intestinal tract. Two, the breakdown of the intestinal skin, the integrity of the skin that lines your intestinal tract, where the lymphatic system starts. And three, a breakdown of the microbiology that depends on good, healthy lymph drainage off the intestinal tract and healthy skin inside the intestinal tract. I always say your intestinal skin is like the three little bears. Can't be too dry, can't be too wet. It's got to be just right for everything to function. If it isn't just right, you're going to get a certain amount of lymph congestion. Now, we have 30 feet of intestinal tract. You flatten it all out. All the little villi, flatten them, flatten them, flatten them, make it stretch it all out. It's as big as a tennis court, some scientists, researchers tell us. As we get older, we lose a lot of the efficiency of that surface area. Aspects of the intestinal tract break down. Absorption, assimilation, detox in those areas break down. And the intestinal usable surface area of the intestinal tract starts to shrink to smaller size courts, basketball courts, badminton courts, and ping pong tables. And they get smaller and smaller until we don't have the efficiency to deliver the nutrients in or get the waste out. And we see that as we age, right? We see people who are starting to wrinkle, obviously not getting good stuff in and getting bad stuff out. We see people aging. We see them shrinking and shriveling and getting smaller and getting more fragile. This is just an inability to get nutrition in and get nutrition out. Now, it's true we're programmed to do that, um, fortunately. Uh, when we stop reproducing and when women go beyond their reproductive years and men go beyond their effective reproductive years, then nature had a way of saying, you guys are just eating food that somebody who could reproduce and keep the species alive could actually be using, so we're not going to allow you to live forever. So we have programmed cellular death. And one of the things that allows that to happen is a slow decline production of melatonin. Melatonin is a molecule that's three billion years old. Every cell, every creature, every species has melatonin in it, everything. It connects us to the light dark cycles. It puts us to sleep at night so it can go clean house, windows, floors, detoxify you, and keep you healthy. As you produce less melatonin as you age, which is a fact, we start to age because we don't have the scrub, which is really why I'm a big fan of understanding the circadian rhythms, and as we dig into circadian rhythms, you begin to realize that as you age, you are going to produce less melatonin. Melatonin is the kingpin to the connection to the light-dark cycles. It is the kingpin to our reproductive years. If you read a lot of my articles about, about melatonin and, and breeding patterns, and we have an article coming out called Sextember, which is more funny than but it real, and you can read that. It's coming up soon. The idea is that 
Melatonin, the light-dark cycles regulate breeding cycles, sexual activity, our longevity, our bone density, our blood sugar, our diabetes, our chronic conditions, our inflammation, our arthritis. Everything that we see that's linked to the aging process has been mitigated in research studies with the supplementation of melatonin. It's pretty crazy. So is it possible to hack the aging process by taking some melatonin? Yes. And you can use melatonin in two ways. You can use it to help you sleep. You can use it in three ways. One, to help you sleep. Number two, to help entrain, re-entrain you back into good rhythms. And I have articles about the 10 ways to boost your melatonin naturally, articles about how to get melatonin from your foods, tons of articles in my circadian medicine section of my website and videos about how to do this naturally. You can also get your melatonin levels tested, make sure that you're not low. If you're low and you're getting older, you might want to hack it with a supplement. Um, and then you can, and after you entrain, then you can decide whether you've reached that point of, of age where you're not producing as much and you want to hack it with a very small dose of melatonin. The problem with the health food store melatonin is it's 1, 3, 5, 10, 20 milligrams, which is enough to put a horse to sleep. And what I like is 0.1 milligram, 0.2, 3, 0.4, 0.5. And we have one called Melatonin Drops, which gives you one, point, one drop of the melatonin is 0.1, and 30 drops is 3 milligrams. So you have the ability to find the dose that's perfectly right for you to reset and to re-entrain your rhythms of nature. Powerful, important thing, and melatonin is a powerful detoxifier for the brain. It helps support lymphatic flow. Studies show that when you take melatonin, it increases lymphatic flow. And particularly since melatonin is produced in your brain, it is powerful, A, one of the powerful ways to detoxify your brain and your brain lymphs. So please read more about that. I think that's very, uh, really interesting. You know, in your brain, thinking about, we'll come back to your digestion in a minute, but in your brain, there are 13 holes in your head called the mystery veins, and those are little pressure release valves. It's hard to believe, right? But we actually literally have holes in our skull that release pressure and take waste out, and they take nutrition in. You put something on your skull, rub it in, it actually finds its way into your brain chemistry. Those holes are real. Uh, a vigorous massage can change the brain chemistry on the inside of your skull. So Ayurveda was all about vigorous head massage and how important it is to, to do that uh, for the help and the circulation of your brain lymphatics. There are techniques called nausea techniques. When they found the brain lymphatics University of Virginia, they found they drain into two places. One, through the cervical limbs in your neck, and two, the limbs in your nose. Ayurveda said, well, if we kind of massage the head and use eucalyptus to inhale and open up these vessels, we could actually use medicated oils to sniff up the nose deeply to stimulate a enhanced drainage of lymph from the brain chemistry. And that is something that Ayurveda talked about thousands of years ago. If you want to learn more about that, I have an article called Nausea, Sinus Cleansing and Emotional Baggage, because that's exactly what it was for, from the Ayurvedic perspective, was to help unravel a lot of those old emotional toxins. And so read that article, which is a fascinating article, an amazing case study of someone who had a massive emotional release. I don't have time to get into all of that right now. Uh, but that nausea technique, the head massage technique, I've got an article on the head massage, accessing certain marma points. You type in marma head massage on my website. You can read that article 
all of these ancient techniques now proven by modern science. Who knew that a head massage would increase circulation of these mystery veins that help drain waste out of your head and release pressure, maybe even migraine pressure, headache pressure, uh, or lymphatic sluggishness of the lymph that may not be draining as well as it could. Um, another thing that I think you may want to really understand, um, the, the um, brain lymphs, drain a lot of toxins out of the brain. And uh, you may all remember, maybe you don't remember, but uh, uh, the 85 Chicago Bears who won the Super Bowl had a quarterback named Jim McMahon who had a lot of head trauma. And 20, 30 years after his, his, uh, his football career, he started having a lot of a cognitive decline and irritability and all kinds of issues. And he went to a chiropractor who does cerebral spinal fluid x-rays before and after his adjustments. And he does specific x-rays to find out exactly how to do the adjustment. And it's only on the upper cervical vertebra. And he uses a, a pen that's sort of like, like that. I mean, it literally, it's the lightest force, but it's super precise. It's like using those balls that kind of swing. It's like, dink, and that just pops this boat. I mean, you don't even feel it. And they have, if you go to ESPN YouTube, type in Jim McMahon chiropractor, Dr. Rosa was the one who did that, and you actually see the before and after picture of Jim McMahon's head and the drainage of the brain lumps out of his head. This is amazing. I mean, before you see all this white stuff in his head, all this toxicity in his head, after the adjustment, it turned sort of a lucent gray, which is clean in the x-ray. It's just phenomenal. And he said he felt like someone flushed a toilet out of his brain, is what he felt. So I would be remiss to tell you that if we know that brain limbs are linked to autoimmunity, and we know that there are Ayurvedic techniques of head massage, Ayurvedic techniques of nausea therapy, there's, uh, and there's now chiropractic techniques that they've discovered. It's called atlas orthogamy. You can look it up. Find a doctor in your area that does it. They don't, all, they don't do the before and after CSA x-rays, uh, but they definitely do the x-rays and I find out the exact precise technique. It's done with a machine. There's no chiropractic adjusting. It's a machine. Kind of amazing. Definitely, particularly if you had head trauma in the past and that's linked to your autoimmunity. You go, God, ever since I got hit in the head, ever since I, got, ever since I had that car accident, I have had one problem after another. That's a red flag and you've got to watch the ESPN video with Jim McMahon and Dr. Rosa. So don't miss that. Okay. So now we got to go back down and say, okay, what else could be causing this problem. Uh, well, how about looking at the, the, the source of your intestinal skin and the source of your lymphatic system. Your lymphatic system is, is um, centered or most concentrated around your intestinal tract from top to bottom. And the large intestine is called the gut-associated lymphatic tissue. And the small intestine is called your mesenteric lymph. And that's the organ that I mentioned has been now declared. And both of those will deliver fats as nutrition to every cell of your body. So when you eat a meal and get a food coma and you're exhausted after a meal, that means the meal that you ate was not digested, broken down properly. The fats were not broken down properly. So they're too big to get into the blood and the toxic fats. So they go into the collecting ducts of your lymphatic system and they congest your lymph around your belly. 
proteins like gluten, for example, if the digestive system is not strong, gluten will go undigested through the stomach into the small intestine, again, too big to get into the blood. That gluten molecule will get, can, will get caught up in the collecting ducts of your lymphatic system. The body knew this happens sometimes with gluten because it's hard to digest and we've been eating it for millions of years and there's enzymes specifically for gluten in the lymphatic system around your belly to break it down. But if you overwhelm your intestinal tract with undigested, highly processed foods, and we have broken down our digestion with these processed foods, we lose the ability to break down a lot of foods. So a lot of undigested toxins, mercury from the colbine plumes on every organic vegetable comes flooding into your intestinal tract, uptake it into your collecting ducts, your lymph. It doesn't take long before the, or the lymphatic road is blocked and there's no place to go that lymph system. So all that energy that you're trying to deliver as triglyceride fast to every cell of your body, it gets stuck trying to go to deliver as energy. And the body goes, well, that road's blocked. Sorry, guys, can't take that shipment of energy to the cells today. Road's blocked. A lot of toxicity here today. Sorry. So where does all that triglyceride fat energy go? Stored in fat cells around your belly and you get big belly fat, right? So if the roads are blocked, the body can't deliver its energy. The body can't get rid of the toxins that it's trying to get rid of and they store in your fat cells or they get reabsorbed into your blood perhaps through the enteric cycle to your liver. Your liver goes, whoa, this is not my job. Liver puts it into a holding pattern in your blood and your liver and your blood just looks for other fat soluble sites to dump it, which include the fat under your arms, around your belly, your hips, and yep, your brain, which is 60% fat, is another dumping ground for those toxins like mercury, and that's why we find a lot of mercury in people's brains. Again, causing more vulnerability to the brain lymphatics. Does that make sense? So we gotta go back to that intestinal skin, the mesenteric lymph, the gut-associated lymph, and if that gets congested, we start pushing lymph yuck out through other lymphatic tissues, like your skin-associated lymph, which makes people get hives, which makes people get eczema, which makes people get rashes or toenail funguses. These are skin-associated lymph congestion because the body is using the lymph as an exit ramp through the skin to move the waste out, and it isn't really working the way we should or the way we would like. Right? So this is what the body is just trying to push it out through the skin, push it out through the brain as a migraine, as a vasodilation headache, push it out through the intestinal tract, creating stored around the belly as belly fat or hip fat, compromising immune system, immune strength along the way. And when the immune system gets compromised to the point where it really can't get to the fire as quickly as it should, the roads are blocked, then what happens the problem, the rogue cells, the isolated cells begin to take advantage of that and then the immune system responds with an overzealous emergency reaction. Like I said in the blog this morning, the, the fire truck sends every fire truck from every district to put out this fire overzealously responding to this situation. So how do we fix all these things? Well, you know, a lot of ways to do it. Uh, I'll give you some strategies now to do that. Um, uh, definitely one of the things I always say is make sure there's no deficiencies here because <clears throat> deficiencies can take us out. Vitamin D deficiency, mostly in the winter, it affects 75% of the population, more in Canada. Vitamin D is a powerful immune booster. 
Uh, it's a fat-soluble vitamin, uh, very important for the health and integrity of your intestinal skin, the production of your hormones. So it's like important. Um, so uh, you want to make sure that that's healthy, and that should be between 50 and 80 nanograms per, mil uh, per milliliter when you check your blood. And you should do it in the fall or in the spring, one or the other, even both. Make it a routine part of your your uh, your your visit with your doctor. Three to five thousand international units uh, a day of that work, usually less in the summer, more in the winter, uh, is what most people need. But always get it tested to make sure that you're in the the sweet spot of fifty to eighty. The normal range is thirty to hundred, so you're well within the safe zone. There's no issues there at all. Get enough dose to get into the fifty to eighty. Don't hover around the thirties or forties because your doctor might say you're thirty, you're fine. Yeah, but the studies show it's it, the vitamin D begins to function more like a hormone, a powerful secosteroid hormone in your body when it's over 45. So you want to get above that mark. B12, when digestion breaks down, you have heartburn, indigestion, on medications, heartburn medications. You put out the digestive fire. Without the digestive fire, the acid, you don't make protein called the intrinsic factor whose job in life is to utilize and deliver B12. No digestive acid, heartburn medication, or other medications for that matter mean no B12. No B12 is linked, linked to a, literally a shrinking volume of the brain, lack of cognitive function, uh, lack of energy, lack of vitality. So that would be something you can hack into that by taking a sublingual B12 with natural folate, um, which we have is called B12 Boost. You can read up about that. All the science, on my, on my, if you go to the product page, you can read all the science there about that and why that may be important for you as well because the deficiencies will undermine your success. And then mineral deficiencies are like, they're epic. It's like back in 1949 when, when we just started using fertilizers, they did, FDA did a study and 99% of the people in America were already deficient in at least one mineral. Now the soils are depleted of minerals, not vitamins. Oranges still have vitamin C, so you don't need a multi-mineral, multi-vitamin supplement. I've never been a fan of that. I have a, a, a mineral supplement that I love called Essential Minerals. It's super highly absorbable. You take one a day, get your baseline minerals a day, or one every two or three days, whatever you feel is needed to just make sure you don't become deficient in minerals because that's a problem. Too many minerals are not good, but just a little bit can go a long way if your body is not getting it from the soil, and unfortunately, that is, in fact, the case, okay? So those are important uh, therapies. Um, techniques for the cerebral spinal fluid. Yoga, breathing, meditation, all of them, sun salutation, Surya Namaskar, with breathing, powerful technique for cerebral spinal fluid. My first book called Body, Mind, and Sport, I'm having here, we did research on it, published in the Journal of International Journal of Neuroscience, and we found that when people breathe through their nose, their brain slips into a calm, peaceful, meditative alpha state. And when you breathe through your mouth, <gasps> huffing and puffing in a stressed out state, the brain goes into a beta stressed out state. The brain will circulate better, function better without stress when it's in an alpha meditative calm. We know the lymphatic system drains when you're calm, the nervous system drains when it's calm. Melatonin is produced better when you're calm. So if you can get your body to be calm, a meditative alpha in your brain during vigorous exercise, which we proved was an unprecedented finding way back in the early 90s, 
That means you're producing calm in the midst of the storm. I call it the hurricane effect. The bigger the calm, the more powerful the winds. So you can handle more stress in your life without going into the winds of the hurricane, dodging refrigerators, risking your life in an emergency state. You create this inner calm with meditation, with yoga, breathing, nasal breathing exercise. We prove that we can create that meditative calm while you're engaged in vigorous activity. And the bigger the calm, the more powerful the winds. Movement and breathing are the best ways to flush out your lymph. Do you think there's any mistake as to why all the science saying exercise is the best way to hack into cognitive decline as we age? I mean, it's, every article I read is now talking about exercise, exercise, and how important it is. When you close your mouth and exercise, now you're moving CSF in a way that is above and beyond and more effective than just exercising till you're exhausted. So read Body Mind Sport. You love it. I've got a whole section on my website called Nasal Breathing Exercise. All that stuff's for free. You can check that out. Really, really important. I hope you're getting this because I think it's... I wish I could say, okay, here's the pill for autoimmunity. It's going to be great. Take this pill. All your autoimmunity problems will be solved. Well, that's exactly how it doesn't work. Everybody is an individual. The same stress could impact 100 individuals and they all break down in 100 different ways. So Western medicine requires one pill to fix every one of those 100 people for the pill to be sort of accepted without realizing that the same, different stresses can cause the same symptoms or different stresses can cause different symptoms. So you could never have one pill to fix everybody. But we keep trying and then as a result, those pills have to get more be bigger and more potent and with more side effects and, and overrule the intelligence of the body more and more and more and that becomes a problem, right? So, so you know, all these techniques are really pulling the string and, and, and hopefully what I'm putting out for you today is a buffet of strategies and concepts and ideas where you can go, wow, that's really great. And then go to my website and read the articles where I go into more detail about these things. Go on my website and dig in and do There's over a thousand articles and videos up there for you to do the self-help thing. So, so dig in. Alkaline foods. Now, there, are, there is no science, and as you know, at LifeSpot.com, we're all about proving ancient wisdom with modern science. I haven't been able to say that putting you on an alkaline diet is going to make all your problems go away. But we do know that alkaline foods cleanse the body and acid foods store. Acid foods like meat and nuts and seeds and grains or acidic, and they build the body up because they're higher protein and higher fat. Alkaline foods cleanse the body. If you just did alkaline foods, and I'm going to attach to this to the course notes here tonight, a list of alkaline and acid foods, so you can look at what's alkaline and what's acid. And in nature, the acid foods would be harvested in the fall for winter eating. The nuts and the seeds and the grains and legumes, we know amylase is an enzyme for starch. It increases in the fall in your body and my body in the winter. And come spring and summer, that amylase is going to dial back down because the grains are gone and they're just beginning to grow. We don't have any new grains until fall, and that's when amylase kicks in. Another example, and I wrote about that in my book, Eat Wheat, about how we are so connected to the cycles and we are really fundamentally nowadays so disconnected from those cycles. Does it make sense? So in the winter... You would be eating, if you were living off the land, a more acid-based diet. In the spring, a more alkaline diet. 
when nuts or when uh, sprouts and berries and cherries are harvested. In the summer, when fruits and vegetables are harvested, more alkaline. So if you look at the nutritional cycle and you look at the harvests in nature, that's why my book is called The Three Season Diet, because there are three growing seasons and three harvests. There's a spring harvest, a summer harvest, and a fall harvest for winter eating. And winter generally takes a growing season off. So there's four seasons with one dormant season and three harvests. So we call it the three season diet challenge, which is my list of grocery lists and recipes and superfoods that I pump out um, every month of the year for free as part of our three season diet challenge. Yep, you can get grocery list for September, superfood list for September, and a whole list of recipes for September for free. Same thing in October, November, and we keep adding to it, making it better and better. It's free, called the Three Season Diet Challenge. It's amazing. To at least give us a notion to go in the direction of eating more seasonal. But in nature, the acid foods, right, would be harvested in the winter. So we'd build up and strengthen and repair and, and hibernate and build up in the winter. Come spring, alkaline. Come summer, alkaline. Two-thirds of the diet, alkaline. One-third, acid. If you talk to any nutritional expert, they're all going to tell you we should be eating two-thirds alkaline, one-third acid. But if you look at nature, that happens automatically in nature because the diet shifts dramatically from one season to the next. Now, I know that's not going to happen. We're not going to shift our diet totally dramatically the way it once did. But we can do a little bit in that direction. We can eat more protein and fat in the winter. Maybe if you're going to have meat in your diet, a little more meat in the winter or less meat in the spring and the summer. I'm going to do that, that uh, podcast next month in October with, uh, with uh, um, Dan Buettner, the author of The Blue Zones. And you look at the blue zone where people live to be over 100 years on a, on a more regular basis. They eat meat, but 10% of their diet, you know, very small, time, very small percent of their diet is meat. But it's valuable, but not in excess. So, so um, I put, I'll, we'll attach the alkaline acid list food. So thinking as we're in, the, we're in the last hurrah of summer, big alkaline time, cleansing time, detox time, definitely a time to think about detoxifying. Definitely think about doing the Colorado Cleanse, which is our two-week digestive reset, lymphatic detox, um, and, and, and cellular cleanse. And that's a two-week cleanse. If that feels like too much for you, uh, then you can do our free... Uh, Short home cleanse ebook. It's a four day cleanse, and that's just a four quick, you know, cleanse for the season to kind of shovel out a lot of the extra accumulated heat that builds up, causes hay fever and allergies and sinus problems this time of year. We want to get all that heat out of the body and not let it build up in your head, dry you out as we go into winter, which is already dry because we're drying out now in the summer as it's getting hotter, and then the winter is going to cool us off. But the but winter is also dry, so we go from Cold, hot and dry in the summer to cold and dry in the winter and dryness accumulates and that dryness can dry out your sinuses your intestinal tract your joints creating all kinds of what we call vata imbalances that can be problematic in the winter and prevention of that takes place in the transition that's why we do the Colorado cleanse twice a year as a group in the spring and the fall so learn more about that on my website at Colorado cleanse you can check just type that in and you'll see more about that some of my Favorite techniques of Ayurvedic techniques is to sip hot water throughout the day. Super simple. Get a thermos, fill it up with hot water, sip it every 15 minutes or so throughout the day for two weeks, not for the rest of your life. 
It's a hydration kind of reset where you just take hot water, which vasodilates and scrubs and cleans. And actually, studies have shown that hot water actually increases the cilia activity in the respiratory tract uh, by about 200%. So, and those cilia, if they're not working, will congest the respiratory lymph and cause lymphatic congestion. So there is some science, at least in the respiratory area, those lymphs, that hot water is powerful. People have always asked about the hot sips, and was there any science about that? And there is, and I've written about that on my website, but I know sometimes finding the article is a little, little tricky. Um, what else? Herbs that I love for that. Um, Mangista, an Ayurvedic herb that I use a lot for lymphatic cleansing support. I think of Mangista as the major lymph mover. It's called Rubia cordifolia, or red root. And anything red, like a pomegranate, or a blueberry, or a blackberry, is gonna dye your nice white shirt blue, or black, or red, is gonna move your lymph. Those antioxidants have been shown to be very active in your lymphatic system. So those are very valuable. Mangista is one of those red roots that have a powerful effect on the systemic whole lymphatic system. Uh, we have a formula called Lymph Cleanse, which is the primary herb in that is called Red Root, another Western herb called Red Root, which I love because it scrubs the little intestinal collecting ducts where the lymph system starts around your belly. And very important for for scrubbing uh, the lymphs in that area and areas where lymph is concentrated under your arms and your neck and places like that. Um, and then in addition, we have uh, an herb called lymph vein HP, which has the white pith of the orange. And they found that when you eat the white pith of the pomegranate, the mango or the orange, that that white pith is a powerful microcirculation mover, uh, specifically to, uh, for microcirculation in the legs, for the veins, for cellulite, uh, for congestion of the lymph in the legs. And that's what the Lymphane HP is for, for the microcirculation channels. And then Brahmi Brain Centella Asiatica. Brahmi, another herb that I love because it's so good for the brain, uh, increases circulation in the brain. It's a microcirculation lymphatic agent. It supports and helps support the health and integrity of the intestinal skin. So it does the intestinal skin, it does the lymph, and it does the brain. So uh, just a, so really cool how these herbs evolve. And now we have the science to show that the reason why Brahmi is one of the best herbs for your brain is because it actually helps the brain lymphs move more efficiently. It helps the integrity of your epithelium in your stomach and intestinal tract and helps your lymphatics in general. So uh, pretty, pretty important of course, massage is valuable. We talked about head massage. We have a lymphatic oil, which is very important for using on your skin because you have lymph right underneath your skin. When you get bit by a mosquito and you get a little red dot there, that uh, red dot is your lymph army underneath the, in the skin associated lymphatic tissue or salt. And that is what that means, skin associated lymphatic tissue, S-A-L-T. And that is... Uh, Super important because if that skin gets congested, you're going to have the skin is going to age, it's going to wrinkle, it's going to stop functioning as an organ for you, and that um, is not acceptable. So those are some really good things. And then in the winter time, you got to think, okay, what happens in the winter? We seasonally change, right? As we go into the winter, we start thinking about other ways to support the lymphatic system. Turmeric, a powerful lymphatic mover, fall harvested for winter eating. One of those heavy roots. Ashwagandha, a sweet, heavy, warm root for building stamina 
and strength and adaptogenic support protects the nervous system from stress. And when the nervous system is response to life as an emergency, we are going to break down in a lymphatic way. Herbs like shilajit uh, in our formula called Regenerate. Shilajit is a scrub, powerful winter scrub to build energy and support mitochondrial function and delivery of energy, but also chelate toxic chemicals out of the fat cells during the winter months. So that's another warm, those are some warm herbs to rebuild and strengthen you up during these winter months. So again, I wish I could say, okay guys, all you gotta do is take these pills and fix your autoimmune condition, but I hope what I gave you is more of an understanding of why it happened, how it happens from the Ayurvedic perspective, and some strategies that we can engage in, which I didn't even get into, how to fix your digestion, which I've got tons of articles on, how to digest wheat, for example, in my Eat Wheat book. These are all really important that you digest well. And really important that you don't just say, well, I can't eat wheat, so therefore I shouldn't eat it, it must be bad. Eating wheat is just a hard to digest, digest food, and if you can't eat it and you once were able, it means your digestive slash detox system is not as efficient, effective as it could be. And that's not gonna catch up to you today or tomorrow, but it might in 10, 15, 20 years from now. And that's why the science, when they did a 30-year study, the two Harvard studies, and they found that people who eat the most wheat compared to people who are gluten-free, the people who ate the most wheat, most gluten, had significantly less heart disease and significantly less diabetes. Those are two major Harvard studies, Harvard studies, 25 to 30-year studies, with over 100,000 people in each study. Very difficult to argue that science. Yet, I get it, people when they eat it, they feel bad. But that is fixable. And just saying wheat's bad and going into eating more highly processed foods, which the gluten-free industry would love us to do, never solves the problem. It sets us up for more problems down the road. And that's what the new science is showing. Being gluten-free compromises your immune system over time. Four times as much mercury in your blood for people who actually are gluten-free than people who eat wheat. And I can go on and on and on. I'm not going to do that because you've all heard me scream and yell about wheat and I don't want to do that because I'll bore you. But the science is compelling. And the bottom line is we can blame wheat on autoimmune conditions. We can blame the mercury on autoimmune conditions. We can blame, we can blame the toxicities. We can blame deficiencies. But all of those boil down to our inability to deliver good nutrition in and get waste out. And we have to be a little bit of a detective to figure out how that happened in your individual body. And that's why I write so many articles and do so many videos. So I help to help you guys figure that out. And, and if you need help, I'm here to help you along the way. We do, obviously, we do some phone consultations and Skype consultations, so we're available for that as well. But hopefully, the articles and the videos will set you guys up and get you on the right track. Uh, don't miss our podcast on the Blue, Zone diet, the Blue Zone diet and how the Blue Zone people got so happy, which I think is going to be really interesting to talk about. Uh, so don't miss that coming up soon. Definitely don't miss... Uh, the, uh, the detox training series that we're, that's wrapping up uh, this Thursday. And definitely be aware of the early bird special opening next, this Tuesday for the cholera cleanse that's coming up soon. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. John Beard.